It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Commander Carson Wentz spoke to the D.C. media for the first time as a member of the franchise and Ron Rivera expanded on the team's decision to trade for the controversial quarterback. And one day after moving on from Eric Flowers and officially losing Brandon Scherf, reinforcements have arrived. We're going to discuss all of it on this episode of the Locked On Commanders podcast. You are Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, free and available on all platforms. And we thank you for making us your first listen or your first view of the day. If you're joining us over on YouTube, I'm David Harrison covering your commanders for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. My co-host is Chris Russell, the rooster, one half of the rooster, the rooster and Methers, the Russell and Methers show on the Team 980. Find Chris and his partner, Pete Methers, over there Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern or anytime along with this show on the Odyssey app. When we're not there or here, we're on Twitter at DHarrison82 at Russellmania621. And at L.O. Commanders, your new starting, we presume starting quarterback, probably starting quarterback, Carson Wentz and head coach Ron Rivera met with the media on Thursday in Ashburn at the Innova Sports Performance Center. And Chris, it went about as well as it possibly could with the new quarterback fielding questions, not just about his uh, anxiety or excitement of joining this new squad, but also about returning to the NFC East, facing the Philadelphia Eagles and the fallout of what happened uh, back with Philly and Indianapolis, especially with uh, Chris Ballard, the Colts GM, yeah. making some public statements about his now former quarterback. Hi, right, David. So, uh, of course, I was there at the Inova Sports Performance Center on Thursday morning in Ashburn, the team facility. And usually when you're in the auditorium at the building, you know, it's a big deal, right? And, of course, it was. QB1. That's how they're calling him. That's how the head coach referred to him. Not as Carson Wentz, not as Commander Carson. Ron Rivera literally referred to him as he's QB1. 
There is no competition. There is no question. That's what they labeled him on Twitter when they announced it officially. And I was making a little bit of fun with it on the radio at the time because we weren't together on the last episode. You did the solo episode. And then Ron Rivera doubled down on Thursday and referred to him at least once. It may have been twice as QB1. And I couldn't help but chuckle to myself. Of course, we know he's the starter. But here's a guy, Ron. And I love Ron Rivera, but you know he spent all last offseason preaching about competition, competition, competition. That was his biggest mistake in year one going into 2020, that he didn't have a competition. He was going to have a competition. And then they inadvertently called Ryan Fitzpatrick the number one quarterback or the presumed starter in like late May going into camp. And I threw a hissy fit about that after you preached. All, and now all of a sudden it's like, nope, we don't have any competition. Taylor Heineke's clearly the backup. We'll, we'll figure out number three. And Carson Wentz is quarterback number one, David. Celebrate. Commander Carson is in charge, baby. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's he's not saying anything that everybody already didn't assume. No. And, and that's, you know, that's the biggest thing is, is, you know, whether whether it's just because Taylor Heineke was that inconsistent and very, very poor uh, at several stretches during the season, or if it's the twenty eight million dollars or if it's the draft capital you're trading for. Bottom line is Carson Wentz is coming here to be the starting quarterback and, yep. and only injury or really, really bad interactions with the front office head coach and teammates. Uh, worse than what we've heard coming out of Philly and Indianapolis is going to cause any any type of shift in that in that mantra and that theory. Um, I just you know to me it's 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 a little bit indicative and every every coach has to do it. Every head coach has to do a little bit of the lip <laughs> service game and the saying the right thing to the media and all that stuff. But like you said, going back to Ryan Fitzpatrick and the slip of the tongue, the Freudian slip of of <laughs> starting quarterback or quarterback one or whatever, it, right. it just kind of shows that you already have a game plan in, in mind and. You know, to me, what just come out with it. And so at least with Carson, we don't have to play these games. We don't have to wonder, is is Taylor Heineke really going to get a fair shot? Basically, no, he's not going to get a fair shot. And and to a certain extent, you can call that fair or not, but you assume, right? And again, the, they turned over 40-plus rocks, quarterback rocks. So you assume that in that process, when they turned over the Carson Wentz stone, that they did some research and they they see – uh, you know, I've seen some tweets of some screen grabs of some some film and, and everything else from people. Look, Carson Wentz has a better arm. Uh, he has a more accurate arm than Taylor Heineke has historically. He's, I would probably say, more athletic. And even though he's injury, he's got an injury history that we're going to get into a little bit later, as does Taylor Heineke. I would say Carson probably has more upside in his history uh, compared to Taylor Heineke's upside versus his injuries, if, if that makes any sense. So you have all of those, and he's he's played in one big-time football for a big-time football team. So I don't think it's unfair that Carson comes in as the number one quarterback and the expected starter. I just think it's, uh, I'll call it humorous, not, not like laughing at Ron, like you said. I, I like the man. I, I, I respect what he does. But I think it's humorous that really less than 365 days, Chris, later, we're, suddenly we're back from – no, no, it's going to be an open competition. We learned for our mis- from our mistakes the year before, mm-hmm. so now it will be an open competition. Now, less than 12 months later, it's once again back to a presumed starter, no competition. Yeah, and, 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 that's, and, and it, that's exactly the vibe that I got, you, what you just said. It, it's kind of humorous. It's kind of amusing. It's not, it, it's not maddening. It's not frustrating. I'm not angry about it. 
uh, by any means. The other thing that I that caught my attention, I'm not sure what vibe you got, was, man, did they sweep the whole culture in the character, character in the building, uh, personality, relationship, all the stuff you heard coming out of Philadelphia and out of Indianapolis in that athletic column from former teammates, all that – Boy, did they sweep that sweep that completely under the rug. Wentz yeah. basically dismissed it, although he said, you know, which <laughs> ha ha ha, which criticism? There's so many. Uh, and he basically said he didn't pay any attention to it, which I'm sure yeah. he does, but he'll, he's not going to. Yeah. Uh, but Ron specifically, Ron specifically, uh, in, in a sign that I was at, um, said, hey, look, you know, I, I talked to coaches that I'm familiar with. No problem. And he also cited Darius Leonard. And there was one other uh, Indianapolis Colts, uh, I guess, leader that said something. I, I, I couldn't find it, so I apologize. Uh, I, of course, I was out last week, so I, maybe I missed it. I don't know if it was T.Y. Hilton or or somebody like that. But I know Darius Leonard was publicly supportive of Carson Wentz. Well, Ron cited that a couple of times, again, in different side sessions that I was in. And I wonder, David, real quickly – is that enough for you that he leaned on a couple of coaches that he's familiar with and Darius Leonard and another unnamed Colt for their support? And and now he's not worried about Carson Richter? You know, I, I look at it like this, right? When it comes to leadership, some people value intense leadership, whether the results support the mm-hmm. the platform for being intense. Like a lot of times, and, I, and I've seen this a lot of times in my previous career, if you're going to be the a-hole, like if you're going to be the leader that really comes down on people, really cracks down on people, there's two things. One, you also better take care of them with the same intensity, right? Like mm-hmm. if you're going to ride them hard, you better love them hard. That's that's number one. Number two, your ducks had better be in a row because if your ducks are out of, out of, out of sync and out of whack and you're trying to hold other people accountable for, for small mistakes and things like that, you're going to lose people more often than not. There are some people who value a stern leadership approach and style regardless of result, to be, to be honest. And I think it just varies by person to person. But when you go through a, a performance-based profession, you go through leadership techniques and styles and characteristics, where the proof typically is, like it's, it's almost like the 9 out of 10 dentist with the toothpaste type of thing, except this, this is actually real life and, and you're right. talking about competent people. Um, not that dentists aren't cut. I'm talking about commercials. Um, <laughs> um, when you have one or two or even five people, coaches, players, whatever it is, saying, no, no, his leadership style is fine and he's fine in the locker room. But you've got about 50 saying that, no, he's he's not a good leader. He's not a team guy or he's not this or he's not that. I'm going to tend to lean on the other one. But when you're making this move and trying to sell people on the move, obviously you're going to you're going to lean on the positive. Ron Rivera can't come out here and say, yeah, you know, I only found five guys that like him. And that's that's worrisome. You can't you can't say that if you're Ron Rivera. That, that could be true. Like honestly, Ron could be sitting back saying like, "Oh, this is a gamble. Hopefully, it works out." But he's not going to say that publicly. And Carson Wentz. I mean, you know, to be fair, he gets asked about the criticism from Chris Ballard. He gets asked about all the other stuff. He can't sit up there and say, "Yeah, I'm kind of a bad guy. I'm kind of <laughs> selfish." You know what I mean? Like as long as I get my numbers, I'm good. I don't really care about anybody. Like he's not going to say that. He can't say that. So it's it's one of those things where it has to be asked, right? Like if if nobody asked it, Chris, what would we be hearing? The media sure. didn't even ask him about his path. Like it sure. has to be asked, but we also know the answer can only be one way. Yeah. 
Yeah, no doubt. And I, I, you know, listen, I didn't get to ask about his character, you know, about the character. I was planning on it, uh, but somebody beat me to it. So I did get to ask Carson at the press conference about his, you know, view and, and perception of the franchise. And he gave a good answer. He said, you know, for he's just moving forward. And, and, and now that he's in it, it's a different perspective maybe than when he was a rival. And when he was getting, quite honestly, his clock clean by Chase Young uh, and others. And he's like, you know, Chase reached out to me and you know I'm, I'm i was a little tired of chase chasing me so now i'm glad he's on my side that type of thing i thought carson wentz overall uh, and even ron rivera i, I think did a, a, a good job but Dave, we're going to come out and we're going to hear a couple of specific questions that i had a chance to ask ron about after uh or as we go into the middle of our show here yeah, absolutely we'll hear from coach rivera a couple questions that you asked him directly like you said at the innova sports performance Center, and we're going to do so thanks to our friends over at betonline.net because it's that time of year and college basketball's tournament is going on as we speak, actually, Chris. Uh, the latest odds, contest, player props can be found at betonline.net, the number one source for all your sports betting needs and information. BetOnline remains your best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at Bet Online, where the game starts. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and view each and every day. Make sure you're following Locked On NFL, where Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NFL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Along with David Harrison, I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you guys with us, Commanders fans. Uh, again, I was at the Inova Sports Performance Center in Ashburn, Virginia on Thursday. Got a chance to talk to uh, both Carson Wentz and Ron Rivera and and in a small group, after he had met with other reporters, I got a chance to ask him these two specific questions, which weren't really asked during the press conference or the other side session. But I thought for our audience, they'd be really interesting. Why don't you take a look? Ron, you mentioned, you know, we, know, we all know his strength is the deep ball and how much that can help you. But you've mentioned several times quick game. Something that I was kind of talking about, like, has has the quick game and the need, the emphasis to be accurate on time, location, all that grown so much more exponentially as the league has become more passing and that's, like, really the most important thing for a quarterback success? I would say that's the most important thing, but I say it's, it, it's up there because what, one, one thing that does happen when you get the ball out of your hands is the frustration you create for your opponent, okay? Pass rush isn't getting there. Um, you know, now they've got to change the way they want to play their coverages. Um, you know, you may not get as many eight-man boxes or seven-man boxes. You'll start seeing five and six-man boxes. Um, that creates the opportunity to run the ball a little bit more, which takes pressure off the quarterback as well. Um, but also the vertical attack. 
How is it going to open up things underneath? How, how impactful will be throwing the ball to the running backs, throwing the ball to the tight ends, as opposed to, again, always trying to have to throw something vertical. So there's a lot of things that his skill set plays very well for us. And, and I think a big part, of it too, is his, his understanding and feel for the game and the way he gets the ball out of his hands quickly. You know, that's a big part of it. Um, and his athleticism to make plays last. You know, when you watch some of the playoff games, and you see how those quarterbacks have kept plays alive, how it changed the games. That's important. How much did you – oh, sorry. Um, he's had some injuries in the past, clearly, and, and yet played 17 games last year. How much do you guys and did you weigh durability and, and some of those issues and concerns from the past in – well, it is most certainly one of the things that, that helped us in, in terms of as, as we went through looking at the fact that we played 17 last year. Um, the big thing for us, is, as we talked about it, most anything else too, is, is understanding what the emphasis will have to be for us in terms of making sure the offensive line is short up, you know, making sure we have that depth like we've had the last couple of years uh, still available to us. And so, you know, doing the things that we, we're, we're, we're trying to do right now to finish up and continue to put those pieces in place are, are a big priority for us. Um, you know, knowing that we've got to keep playmakers around him and you know, how important it is to, to make sure we get something taken care of with, with, with those playmakers as we go forward. All right, so David, you just heard from Ron Rivera, and those on YouTube got to see it. I thought Ron handled the injury question pretty well. I mean, what is, again, what is he supposed to say? Hey, we're really concerned about his injury history. We're really concerned about his durability. But he did admit you know what? 17 games last year did show us something. And also, he played 17 games in 2019 uh, before the bottom fell out in Philadelphia. That should be noted despite all of his injuries. Yeah. And that, you know, it's there's there's an old thing, you know, uh, a lot of so the the term injury prone, right, mm-hmm. is is really basically a uh, media fabrication. That's that's what I've been told from some, some NFL scouts is basically a media fabrication. Mostly when you're talking about the NFL draft, you can't really scout injuries right now there's some obvious circumstances right and i, I and i kind of look back and i think of jack Sitchie, linebacker out of wisconsin when he was coming out of the nfl draft uh he's most famous for having three sacks on three downs like there was a, a crucial bowl game drive towards the end of the game and literally got a sack on first second and third downs for his for his badgers and in, in what ended up being a win i think it was a rose bowl game i can't remember 100 but anyway this is a guy that's super talented every time he's on the field you can see him flash you can see him play really well covers well Tackles well, rushes the pat, rushes the quarterback really well. Uh, literally finished every single one of his collegiate seasons on the injury report because of a torn tendon somewhere. So you're not going to call him injury prone, but let's be honest, his his choice of profession does not agree with his body. So he ends up being a six round draft pick. The Buccaneers bring him in, and again, you see the flashes, but you also see the injuries. And after five injuries in a very short period of time, he ends up calling it a career. So there are extreme cases, right? But when you talk about professional football players. You have to look at the circumstances. You have to look at the consistency. And when you have one or two, like you mentioned, there's another season where he played 17 games. You look at those, you see that there is basically the potential for his body to hold up to what he does for a living. But there's also the potential for it not to. But I mean, you're not going to trade Chase Young for a third round pick because of Tori is his ACL one year, right? But if Chase plays 10 more games over the next three seasons because he keeps tearing an ACL, his career is going to come to an end sooner and later. So you, until you get to those extremes, you really kind of hold off, uh, but I, I agree with Coach Rivera that that 17 game season just last year. I mean, it's it's reassuring at least to a certain extent that outside of uncontrollables, because there's so many of them, that his body can just generally stand up to the job that you're about to ask him. Yeah, I, 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 listen, 
I understand I've been hard on Wentz for maybe things that happened earlier in his career. I just look and say three consecutive playoff years, he played less than one quarter of football, right? Yeah. I, I mean, the, the the facts are what the facts are. I'm not making that up, but I do understand he, he has played a, a large amount of football outside of being benched in Doug Peterson's final year and his final year. Uh, ultimately in Philadelphia. And quickly, um, I asked Ron about the short and the quick pass game. Ron kept mentioning the quick game, quick game. Uh, David, I I think the area 10 yards north of the line of scrimmage and say five yards south of the line of scrimmage, a 15-yard box area, to me is more important than the vertical passing game. What Carson Wentz does there in that 15-yard-ish zone Hitches, quick stuff, all of that stuff to me is more important than what he brings vertically. Do you agree or do you disagree? I do. I agree to a certain extent because at the end of the day, like if you're throwing more than I would say even 10%, like at the, at the, at the most extreme, you're going to, you're going to attempt about 10% of your passes uh, to the deeper part of the field. I'm talking air, air, air travel of 20 yards or more. That's, that's probably about 10 of your passes, right? So if you're throwing 35 passes, a game, three or four of them are probably going to be deep unless you're just torching a defense. Like if you're just if you're just torching guys and you might throw five or six of them bad boys. Right. But real realistically, if you throw 30 passes in a game, I would say at least 18 of them are going to be within five to eight yards of the line of scrimmage for right. the most part, because teams are stacking up against NFL offenses. And, and you look at some of the defenses that were in the playoffs, you have fewer and fewer John Lynch type, Steve Atwater type. Uh, safeties, you know, Sean Taylor type safeties running around the field and you have more, you want nimble, you want long, you want fast, you want guys who can get in the way of a football more than you can guys that can separate a player from a football because too many times the guy that separates the player from the ball is also getting a 15 yard penalty and a fine. You know what I mean? Um, So that's just kind of how the game has, has evolved. So as defenses get better at protecting deep part of the field, getting first down, string together three, four first downs on his, on a single drive, play the field position game. It's kind of weird because as the game has gotten more explosive, the need for extending drives has also become more critical and it, and the two kind of play against each other, but it really is all about the chess match that happens about setting up the game. And, and you talked about the quick releases. Uh, final thing I'll say, it used to be, Chris, you remember the day, right? What did a quarterback do when they face a blitz? Throw the ball over the blitzer's head. Just throw mm-hmm. the ball. It doesn't matter. Mike Singletary coming off your right side. Throw the ball over his head. If you get it past him, you're probably going to find an open receiver. Nowadays, you do that immediately, and you don't take a beat to take a second. But guess what's going to happen? That's a pick six by by Darius Leonard running over, a safety crashing down, or a cornerback cutting off the route, whatever it is. You can't just do those things anymore. So the fact that you have a quarterback that is better, right, from from film evidence, at quickly processing against blitzes and against aggressive defenses and quickly finding the right place to put the ball more than the guy that he's replacing – is valuable. All right, guys, the Commanders lost two offensive linemen here in the early parts of the league new year, but they also added one. We'll talk about the the new addition. It's really a familiar face for at least Ron Rivera and John Matsko. That's coming up next on the Locked On Commanders podcast. All right, guys, uh, Russell and Harrison here for our friends at Built Bar and Built Bar Puffs. Oh, yeah. If you've been missing out on the Built Bar Puffs, where have you been? It's the newest and greatest invention from our friends at Built Bar. They are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. That's right. Not the marshmallows you find in the bag. No, no, no. These are good ones for you. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. And they're so delicious. 
And again, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. Covered in 100% chocolate, all sorts of different flavors. I tell you about the banana cream pie, that's my favorite. Uh, but I also love the yummy cinnamon churro uh, kind of variety and also the coconut marshmallow. Uh, and again, of course, you can get the Built Bar Puffs or our regular Built Bars with all the delicious flavors and so many that we tell you about, all healthy for you, all great for any diet, meal replacement, that type of thing at Built.com. So we want you to go to Built.com and when you go, use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 again for 15% off at Built.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Final segment here of the final episode for the week at the Locked On Washington Commanders podcast. David Harrison and Chris Russell on Twitter at DHarrison82 at Russellmania621. Find the show at LO Commanders. Andrew Norwell signs with the Washington Commanders or will sign, Chris, with the Washington Commanders uh, to replace Eric Flowers at left guard. Uh, A logical fit. Obviously, there's a need there. There's a need at both sides of the offensive line or both sides of the center uh, at this point in time until that's official. But the the question really is going to be, is it a good fit? And uh, I'll go ahead and ask your opinion. Do you think this eliminates a need for the NFL draft or even further depth signing moving into free agency? Well, assuming it all goes down and becomes official, and, and, right. and you know, as of this recording, it's not official. Ron Rivera said he expected it to become official shortly. So, and, and we don't know the price tag, right? We don't know if this is a one year, five ish million dollar deal, or is this a three year, six million dollar per year deal? I think I'll feel differently based on what the contract is. We'll get to that next week. From a fit perspective, listen, John, uh, Andrew Norwell knows John Matsko and Ron Rivera. Uh, he was with them in Carolina before signing that massive deal in Jacksonville. I think it's a fit. I think it's a clearly they know the player. He's a veteran player. He's been mostly reliable. He parlayed what he did in Carolina into a massive deal. Got off to a little bit of a struggle in Jacksonville, but for the most part, has been healthy, durable, better in terms of pass protection, in terms of grades, um, but not bad in terms of the run. You know, overall, David, what you're looking at is basically, you know, according to PFF, he ranked a 66.7 overall out of 100 on 1,078 snaps uh, last year. That's 42nd among 82 guards. He's got a .17 war, which is their win above replacement. You know, baseball fans kind of know that. Uh, PFF has kind of developed that. He's been reliable. He's been in the mid-60s in Jacksonville for the most part over the last three or four years. Again, mostly durable. There was one year, 2020, where I only played 826 snaps or whatever it is, but most years he's over a 1,000 snaps. So I think Andrew Norwell is a plug-and-play guy at left guard. I want to see the contract before I know whether he's a better fit. Again, Flowers, they saved $10 million, but he only had one year left on his deal. So is this a three-year deal? Is it a one-year deal? We don't know that at this point. I think it'll be a 
comparable player. Flowers, Norwell, maybe Flowers just a hair better, but I think they're mostly comparable. Uh, and, and we can throw all sorts of analytics at you, and maybe we'll get more into it next week. But I think they're mostly comparable, and they both seem to be better and certainly graded better in pass pro than in, in run block. And I think this allows Wes Schweitzer to just be the starting right guard, assuming he holds off Sadiq Charles, and Charles can be your, your basic swingman reserve. Yeah, absolutely. And, and assuming that the Wash Commanders don't just draft Kenyon Green out of Texas A&M with the 11th overall pick. I mean, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, you would like to think that, you know, if you're if you're a team looking to climb to the top of the NFC East and given uh, how well the offensive line relatively did play last year, granted, they're, they're, they're replacing some pieces. So that's always a little bit of weird chemistry, but it doesn't make the chemistry any easier by adding more players into the mix. Usually you want to kind of reduce that as much as possible. But yeah, I, I look at the, I look at them the same way. I think if you were to break down the players, in tiers, right? We like to do those tier pyramid charts. I think these guys are on the same tier. And if you save a little bit of money uh, making this deal at a minimum, it allows you to potentially kick the can down the road a little bit on drafting a new guy uh, while you let the rest rest of your offensive line kind of develop and figure out what's going to be what um, for a season, maybe two, maybe three, like you said. And that's important because you just traded away a mid-round draft pick uh, for next year, whether that's a third or a second round draft pick. And speaking of trades, Chris, Pretty big trade went down uh, Thursday night right before we hit record. One Mr. Devontae Adams leaving the Green Bay Packers to go to the Las Vegas Raiders. And and I'm just going to say it. uh, For one, Washington fans should be happy, right? Because the Washington Commanders do play the Green Bay Packers this year. So that matchup, not saying it's a win, just check it off in the block by any means. But that matchup gets a little bit easier without Devontae Adams on the field, I think. Yeah. and I, I will just say that on behalf of the Locked On Bucks podcast, you're welcome because Chris <laughs> Godwin's new contract that put him at 20 million annual average value, just less than a quarter million dollars away from Devontae Adams. I promise you had something to do with Devontae Adams asking price on the contract because for those who aren't familiar, he refuses to play on the franchise tag is what he told Green Bay. So Green Bay was going to have to fork over 22 to 25 million dollars annually. They can't right. afford to do that after giving Aaron Rodgers, $30 billion a year. So basically, Chris, Chris Godwin traded Devontae Adams to the Raiders. That's that's the connection I'm making here. Well, and also Aaron Rodgers' contract and 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 Green uh, Bay. Aaron had something to do with it. I mean, maybe that has something to do with What's interesting is, did Aaron Rodgers approve this? Did Aaron Rodgers know yeah, this? He didn't approve this. Yeah, I mean, but did he? Yeah, I mean, did I'm sure he had to realize this when he agreed to come back last week. But they were so hell bent on bringing him back that everybody kind of knew when push came to shove, something was going to have to happen with Devontae Adams. And here, at least, they get the compensation for him. And for Devontae Adams, he reunites with his college quarterback Derek Carr, so that's a good fit. Remember, you know, they were short on receivers last year with the whole Henry Rugg situation uh, and some other situations. So that really helps out the Raiders, Derek Carr. New head coach Josh McDaniels, a big splash. Uh, and, of course, as you mentioned, the impact, I guess, on Washington. Certainly better off facing Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers without Devontae, who scored a touchdown against Washington last year at Lambeau, as opposed to with him. Yeah, absolutely. And that's and that's that's really the impact on the commanders here in this. And then maybe, you know, talk playoffs. If they face each other in the playoffs, again, Devontae, Devontae Adams less Aaron Rodgers is, is a far less scary Aaron Rodgers. And yeah, listen, if, if Aaron Rodgers didn't bless off on this trade before it went down, uh, I don't know. We might see Aaron in Cleveland and we might see Baker Mayfield playing in Green Bay. I don't know. 
I don't know what will happen. <laughs> How about that? All right. Thanks for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and view of the day. Now make your second listen of the Locked On NFL Draft podcast with our buddy Ryan Tracy and, of course, for NFL quarterback, cornerback, I should say, Eric Crocker. Uh, they bring the NFL Draft to life each and every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back after, I'm sure, a busy weekend. You have a question? Get into us. Locked on Washington Commanders at gmail.com or the voicemail 301-615-3577. For David Harrison, who's covering the Washington Commanders for SI.com's Fan Nation, I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Ned Hurst Show on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. If you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to another. Don't drive like a maniac. And thank you for joining us right here on the Locked On Commanders Podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.